Well, I wonder what uh, comes into your mind when you see this word, meekness. Now, if you are like me, it probably does not conjure up very positive ideas in your mind. Uh, And the dictionary doesn't really help us very much. Do you know one of the definitions of meekness in Webster's Dictionary is deficient in spirit and courage? And isn't that what we often think when we see this word? We think that a meek person is weak, mild-mannered, easily pushed around, and has no courage. And it is certainly not something that anyone would want to be associated with. And then along comes Jesus, and he says, the meek will inherit the earth. And we have to say, uh, as Pastor Hank said earlier, of all the Beatitudes, this seems to be one that is the most contradictory. Uh, We look at this and we say, no, this is not right. It is the strong. It is the courageous, it is the take charge type of a personality that gets ahead in life. Now I think this cartoon that I want to show you perfectly captures our reaction to this beatitude. Look what this fellow's shirt says. I don't look like much, but I'm going to inherit the earth. Now just take a look at this fellow, all right? He's awkward, he's obviously uncoordinated, he looks like anybody could just push him over and trample on him, and he is certainly not anyone that we would choose to be like, and he's going to inherit the earth? Obviously, Jesus is trying to shock us. What he wants us to do is to think differently about meekness. Rather than dismissing meekness as we tend to do, he wants us to see how truly important it is. Uh, By the way, it's the third beatitude. It's in the top three. Things that are in the top three are usually pretty important, are they not? And then look at the reward. Jesus says, here's the reward, ruling and reigning with me. This is the kind of person, says the Lord, that he will elevate in his kingdom. Now, because all of that is so wonderfully true, we need to understand what this beatitude is all about. And this morning, I want us to come to Matthew 5, 5 today, and I want us to look together at this amazing beatitude of meekness. I was planning to preach on Beatitudes 3 and 4, but there is so much that I learned that I need with Beatitude 3 that when I ran out of notes, I knew this is where I needed to stop. And so let's look together at what Jesus says in Matthew 5, 5. He says, Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Now there are so many things we need to see this morning. Let's begin to look at them, shall we? Here's the first truth we need to see, that meekness 
is a proper estimate of ourselves before God in light of Beatitudes 1 and 2. Uh, Please notice this this morning. Meekness is a proper estimate of ourselves before God in light of Beatitudes 1 and 2. Now, in the Old Testament, this word is never used with just a secular meaning. It is never used of non-believers. It is always used of believers in their relationship to God. So, here is a correction right here for us. You see, usually we think of meekness in relationship to people first. So we think of someone who is mild-mannered, easygoing, shy, a sort of a marshmallow personality. But the word refers first and foremost to our relationship with God. It is being meek before God. Now remember, the first four Beatitudes have to do with our relationship with God And so what we're discovering here then is this, only when we are meek before God will we be meek with people. So that meekness is first and foremost seeing ourselves before God as we really are. Let me ask you this morning, how do you see yourself before God? I think this little diagram here will help us this morning. Isn't this a great little diagram? Meek people see God as very great, high and lifted up. But we see ourselves, the little me, as very small and very lowly. I did not expect this when I looked up the word Greek, uh, the Greek word meek in the Greek New Testament, which is praus. Here is the very first definition of that word, not being overly impressed by a sense of one's self-importance. I did not expect that at all. Here's what praus, meek, means, not being overly impressed by a sense of one's self-importance. Now we begin to see why it is the third beatitude. It is the result of the first two. Uh, Remember the images from last week. When we see ourselves as spiritual beggars, we see ourselves as helpless in our sin. We know there is nothing we have within us to commend us to God. We have no ability, like this beggar has no ability, to change our situation. We are totally dependent upon God. Then when our sins are clearly and painfully uh, impressed upon us, uh, like people at a funeral mourn, so we mourn over our sinful condition with brokenheartedness, And then all of this causes us to see ourselves as meek before God. Did you know that the two words in the New Testament, meekness and humility, are twin words? 
They are often in the New Testament compared with one another. So what is a meek person? A meek person is an individual who has humbled themselves before God. I have two questions for us this morning. Let me ask them directly of you, but they are also questions for me. Question number one. Do you fancy yourself as a pretty important, significant person? Question number two, compared to whom? Compared to God, you are not. And compared to God, I am not. And by the way, isn't he the only comparison that really matters? That's where meekness has to begin. Now let's look at the second truth about meekness. Secondly, meekness is humble submission to God in the face of personal insult, injury, and injustice. When we have seen ourselves as meek in relationship to God, then what will happen is we will submit ourselves to Him humbly in the face of the insults, injury, and injustice that come our way. Now, if you looked very carefully at the diagram, you noticed the words under God, His sovereignty. His sovereignty. What meek people do is they recognize that God is in sovereign control of their lives. Therefore, when He allows bad things to happen to them, they know that a good and sovereign God has a good purpose for those bad things. So what they do is they submit to God. They don't grumble. They don't complain. They do not get embittered. Rather, in submission, they humble themselves under God and they trust what He has permitted and what He is allowing in their lives. Now, one of the meekest men in the entire Old Testament was David. If you want to read about his meekness sometime, read Psalm 131 and you will see an incredible description of a meek man. On one occasion, at the lowest point of David's life, his own son Absalom had conspired against him, was carrying out a coup against his own father, and he had to flee from Jerusalem, essentially with his tail between his legs, as his son sought to take his very life. It was the lowest point of David's experience. In 2 Samuel 16, a scallywag sort of a fellow by the name of Shimon, a man who hated David, as David and his followers left the city on one side of a ravine, there on the other side of the ravine was this man Shimon. And he began to throw rocks, dirt, he cursed David. He shouted at him. 
He called him all kinds of mean and nasty things. Now think about this. David is at the lowest point of his life and this man is kicking him while he's down. How would you respond to a man like this? One of David's mighty men said to David, Why should you put up with this abuse and insult? Let me go on the other side of the ravine, pull out my sword, and take his head off. And do you remember what David said? David said to this man, What in the world do I have to do with you? How do you know if he is cursing because the Lord has sent you? David recognized this personal insult may have come because I have needed it. And therefore, in the sovereignty of God, he has allowed, maybe even sent, Shimei to treat me in this way because I need to learn some valuable lessons. Can you say with me, that is meekness. That is meekness. Now what is interesting is several years later, David's son, Solomon, becomes king. And David says to Solomon, now Solomon, if this man Shimei opposes your kingship, I want you to confront him And I want you to deal with him. And that's exactly what happened. In fact, Solomon had to put Shimei to death. Now you say, what is the difference between the two situations? Here is the difference, and we must see this this morning. If Shimei tried to interfere with God's will for the kingdom and therefore cause trouble for God's purposes, then a stand needed to be made against him. But, was David is saying, if it is just personal insult and injury... Then we do not retaliate, we do not get even, we do not make him pay. And what a powerful lesson. If it is a matter of right or wrong or God's will, then the meek person can be very, very bold. But if it is just someone giving me personal grief, The meek person shows self-restraint and no hostility in dealing with that person. What an incredible insight we are getting from the meek man, David. Uh, This past Valentine's Day, my wife and I celebrated uh, 24 uh, years since we were engaged. And um, what a special celebration for us. Now, whenever I see the pastor who who married us, and I haven't seen him for a while, I say to him, uh, uh, hi, Bill, how you doing? He always responds this way, better than I deserve. 
That's a good answer, isn't it? If I really got what was coming to me, what I deserve, I would be in rough shape. If you heard me confessing my sins to God, you would say, Pastor Brian, you deserve more difficulty than you've got. And so understanding that, when God allows insult, injury, or injustice, we know He has a purpose, therefore we submit and we trust Him. What an incredible thing we're seeing here now about meekness. Let's look together at the third truth. Thirdly. Meekness means controlling our power to help rather than be harsh with others. Meekness is controlling our power to help rather than to be harsh with others. Uh, Does this animal here this morning uh, look uh, weak to you? Uh, Hardly, right? I mean, what a majestic creature God has created. You could take a 300-pound barbell, drop it on the back of this quarter horse, and it would barely snort. It is such a strong and powerful animal. Yet look how tame he is. He has tremendous strength and power, but he is on a leash led about by a master. Do you know this word for meekness, praus, in secular Greek literature was used of a horse that has been tamed. All of its power is brought under control for useful purposes. In fact, southern jockeys who participate in in the the great uh, horse racing that is often in the south, they have an expression... The meekest horse wins the race. That's their expression. And this is what they mean. The horse with the most self-control and most in submission to the jockey usually wins the race or usually has the best chance to win. Now, notice then what this means for us. A meek person may have incredible strength and courage. They have, uh, perhaps may have a very forceful personality. And they could just bowl over people who are in their way. But, but, that incredible strength has been submitted to God. That personal power has been placed in His hands. And so, when submitted to God, it is brought under control, so it is now useful to other people, rather than recklessly harmful. By the way, sometime when you are looking at the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5, you will get to verse 23, and you will discover that meekness and self-control are right next to each other. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, da-da-da-da-da. You get down to 23, meekness 
and self-control. Why? Because meekness and self-control go hand in hand. That's why someone has said, here is the definition of meekness. It is power under control. That's what it is. It is power, like with this horse, that has been brought under control. Now, one of the things that you may know uh, from the Old Testament is this, that Moses is called the meekest man on the face of the earth. You find that in Numbers chapter 12. Here's what happened in Numbers chapter 12 where we are told Moses is the meekest man on the face of the earth. His older sister Miriam conspired against him. Uh, She resented that her little brother uh, was the leader and not her. And so she uh, got uh, Aaron to involve her, uh, join her in this plot And they challenged Moses. They said, you're not just the leader. We're the leaders too. And they insulted Moses to his very face. You remember what God did? He struck Miriam, who was the leader, with leprosy. She turned white just like that. By the way, that tells you what... God thinks about challenging and insulting the meekest man on the face of the earth. That tells you what he thinks about that. Now, can you imagine, by the way, how Moses must have felt about his own sister conspiring against him and challenging him that way? I mean, here he'd had to put up all this time with two million grumbling, complaining, ungrateful people, and now his sister leads his brother to criticize, attack, and undermine him. How infuriating, right? My own family joining the troublemakers against me. Do you know what I think I would have said to my sister? You've got leprosy from God. Serves you right. I think that's what I would have said. How dare you join all of these troublemakers that I have had to put up with? you remember Moses did not do that. What Moses did was he prayed for her healing. He said, oh God, please heal her. You know what I think I would have said? Oh God, Please heal her after she has suffered for about a week. And in the face of that challenge, that insult, and that insolence, to a man who already had 
a hard enough job. He said, oh God, please heal her. That is incredible self-control. That is incredible self-control. I love this statement that I read this past week. I think you'll appreciate it too. If you think meek is weak, try being meek for a week. Bingo. Right? If you think meek is weak, just try being meek for a week. Now that leads us to a fourth truth. And the fourth truth we want to see this morning is this. Meekness restrains self-assertiveness and self-interest for God's purposes. Now we are beginning to get the picture here this morning, aren't we? You getting to see the picture? You getting to see the picture? Meek people have taken self off the throne of their lives. And because they have submitted to God, they are now living for God's will and God's purposes. Self-assertiveness, self-interest, winning at all costs, is not God's way. And therefore, even with the difficult, the contrary, and the headstrong, meek people are calm and they are respectful in their response to the challenges that they face in their lives. Now we're starting to see how this picture plays out in our lives. Let me share with you today... Uh, a statement by the great Bible teacher William Barclay that always is very penetrating for me. And I hope it is penetrating for you. Listen to what William Barclay wrote. You can tell what a man's relationship with God is by looking at his relationship with other people. If a man is at variance with his fellow man, and if he's a quarrelsome, competitive, argumentative, troublemaking creature, he may be a diligent church attender, he may even be a church officer, but he's not a man of God. If a person is distant from his fellow man, it is good proof that he is distant from God. If he is divided from his fellow man, he is divided from God. Look at those words again in the middle in green. Quarrelsome, competitive, argumentative, troublemaking creature. Those are never the actions of the meek because they are never God's way. The meek are often strong and bold and assertive for God when they must be that way. 
but it is a calm, considerate assertiveness that treats others with dignity. That's what it means to be a meek individual. Now, I think there's one more thing we need to see. That is, we need to see that meekness requires a long view of life, doesn't it? Meekness requires a long view of life. Let's look at our cartoon character again for just a minute. People like this don't win in the short run, do they? They don't always get the promotion. They don't always find the decision goes their way. They are usually not the captain of the football team. They're not the one who gets the girl. Sometimes they are insulted, they are put down, they are cheated. Many times they are harassed, but they trust Jesus and they live for Jesus. And because they do, they will inherit the earth. They will inherit the earth. And Jesus is saying, it is the person who trusts me, who submits to me, who does things my way, even in the face of great injury, insult, and injustice, who is the person in the end I will elevate when I come again. You see, this takes a long view of life. I have known pastors run out of their church who were more righteous than the people who ran them out. They need a long view of life. I have known people mistreated by a pastor who had to leave that church and and wandered for a long time before they found another place they have to take a long view of life. I have known people who were in the right, who the decision went against them, and it was painful. And they have to take the long view of life. Because in the short view, we will never be this way. It's only when we believe that Jesus honors those who honor Him. This is so important for us today that I want us to affirm as as we come to the end that we want to be these type of people. And I want you to join me this morning and I want you to speak from your heart to God and say, Lord, I am not this way normally. This is not how I usually choose to be. But I know this is your way. And therefore, God helping me, make me meek. Would you join me? Let's read them together. Meekness is a proper estimate of ourselves before God in light of Beatitudes 1 and 2. 
Meekness is humble submission to God in the face of personal insult, injury, and injustice. Meekness is controlling our power to help rather than be harsh with others. Meekness restrains self-assertiveness and self-interest for God's purposes. Meekness requires a long view of life. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Bow your head together with me. Father, thank you for all that you have been teaching me. Father, I've read these words so many times, but your word is like the ocean so deep and so meaningful that there is so much we have not yet explored. And we come to you today, Lord, confessing our great need. For we do think that we are somebody. We do think that we are pretty important. We often will not take from others perhaps the very things that you have sent to shape us and mold us and humble us. We are often defensive, reactionary, hostile, prone to argue and and prone to be argumentative. And Lord, many times, if we were fully honest, we would recognize the little things that we do are just simple ways of getting back at somebody else and knocking them down a peg or two. And Father, we pray today that you would help us. Help us to be like Moses in the face of his sister's insult and challenge. Help us to be like David, who said, this is just a personal issue that is being directed at me. And maybe God has allowed this for a good purpose. May we, Lord, be like the horse, recognizing that the meekest horse wins the race, that that, Lord, it is when our power and our strength is submitted first to you that it is then brought under our control so that we can live out the fruit of the Spirit. And we can say the fruit of the Spirit is is meekness and self-control. And now with that control over my lower nature, I can move into the very difficult situation and be the person that is needed to bring God's perspective to bear. Lord, help us to have the long view of life. For often we are on the short end of the stick. Oftentimes we end up losing and and being hurt. It doesn't seem to make sense to be me. And yet, Jesus, we know you will not fail. 
you will fulfill all of your promises. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may lift you up in due time. We know that is a true word of God. And so help us, Lord, today. As our heads remain bowed and our eyes are closed, maybe God in your life has given you a new sense of what it means to be meek. And if you're like me, you can think of the many times in all the relationships of your life that you have been so opposite of this. And Jesus knows all about it. And He loves us. He is a God who forgives us. And He is always still working in our life to bring us to where we need to be. And He can do that for you as He can do it for me. And so this morning, from your heart to His, just thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for forgiving me, though you know me. Thank you for working within me, though there is no earthly reason why you should. Thank you that there is a hope and a purpose and a plan. And Lord, this day, thank you that you are taking me closer to what it means to be meek first before you and then in my dealings with others. Father, hear our prayers today. And more importantly, as you hear our prayers, come and change us so that truly we can be the light of the world and the salt of the earth. For Jesus' sake, we thank you and we pray. Amen.